Help me out here. And welcome back to the Help Me Out Here podcast. I'm Zach. Thanks for being here. I appreciate you. I don't know what you're doing. You might be skiing down a cliff with no snow. You might be driving on a road with no tires. You know, either way, I'm here with you. And be blessed. I love you. Today on the show is my friend, Chris House. He's a photographer, a filmmaker, an all-around good old boy, I'd like to say. If you wouldn't mind, please leave a little review on iTunes if you're listening on iTunes. And most importantly, please become a patron. You can support me on Patreon for as little as $3 a month. I'm really trying to, to, to grow the old Patreon gang so that I can have groceries every week and stuff. And it helps this show. It helps me keep making content. It's so much more important than you might think. Please consider becoming a patron. It would mean a lot. Thank you. And uh, I'm probably going to go just snag some chocolate cake out of my fridge. Enjoy the show. Hey, uh, welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to my friend Chris choking on whiskey episode one. God bless it. Actually, this is apple juice for any parents watching. No, Mom, I'm drinking hard liquor, and I hope you aren't ashamed of me, but you probably are, but that's okay. You have a lot of bitterness towards your past. The only bitter I have is in my drink, if you know (laughs) what I'm saying. I don't. I don't know much about that. Because old fashions have a thing called uh, bitters in them. Okay, I actually did know that. Well, then... That's all I know, though. That's the joke I was making. I think that's my favorite drink. An old-fashioned? Yeah. Are you just... Are you old-fashioned? I am. I'm an old guy inside. It's got... What has it got? Maple syrup? No, not always and maple. Jemima's. <laughs> it's uh, pancake actually, batter. Oh, I'm just thinking of pancakes. Um, it's, uh, it's actually frozen egos. <laughs> okay, cut yeah. up in cubes, minimized. Um, no, just like little cubes. Okay, small cubes. Um, poured with uh, maple syrup, mm. and then and then this is where it gets frisky. Um, actual Canadian maple syrup, Seriously. sprinkled on with bacon. But the correct way to do it is to nail a hole in a tree and let the sap just juice out into the drink. Yeah, actually, Straight. all the best bars in Canada, um, they... <laughs> they build bars around big trees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it takes forever to get your drink, but when you get it, it's worth it. <laughs> Some so, people sat at the bars for six months. That would be like the most hipster thing to pay for. A maple syrup tree bar. You know somewhere in Brooklyn soon is going to have a bar like that. <laughs> do we need to patent that. Do you guys hear this chair? That's pretty squeaky. Anyway, welcome back to the podcast. Today on uh, the show is my friend Chris House. He is a, uh, I mean, he's an extraordinary man. You do photographies. Photo, video. Video. Um, you swoon ladies once in a while with that sweet hair. It's uh, nice and swoony. There's a camera. That's a swoon. Yeah, that's not even a swoop. That's just a swoon. I mean, there's a reason why someone said it was Michael Buble hair mm-hmm. once. It's just swooning. <clears throat> yep. No, but me and Chris have worked together on some video projects. We've we've vlogged. You saved my life one time, a couple times, uh, right? Technically, technically it was once, but you've always had till this time <laughs> bad luck whenever you've came to hang <laughs> out in Atlanta. Yeah. Well, so, when I hang out with you, <laughs> yeah, I've been to Atlanta plenty of times. But whenever I'm with you, I usually have a There's car break. <laughs> if it's your car, it's your band's van. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, let's let's rehearse. Let's re let's go over those. Rehash. Again. Let's rehash the rehearsal. Audience, he's not drank too much apple juice. You don't have no, to worry I'm, about it. No, I'm anything. just delusional at this point. So, we went to one of Jaron Meyer's comedy shows at a church here in the Atlanta area. We were filming for him. Yeah. And on the way to that show, I was like, okay, my car is like it's making some weird yeah. sounds. But and I, was I like, think whatever. 
And I think like right when I was saying what's up to you, you're like, I don't know if my car's gonna make it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, don't don't say that. But, but we made it to the show in time. And um so I was like, whatever. But on the way home after the show, like we were going back to your place. No, we were actually gonna go to so the, the hotel. Jer- Jaren Myers, for the people who are watching, loves Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like any good Christian boy should. Mm -hmm. Um, God bless him. Amen. Church say amen. And um, we were going to meet, because you wanted to do a little more vlog stuff with Jaren on the way to Dwarf House to eat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like 15 minutes out, and I get the call from you. Hey, my car just straight up died. (laughs) And I was like, where? And you said, on the side of the interstate. (laughs) And I was like, hmm, okay. Yeah, so we were driving, and it was just making these terrible clicking noises. And eventually, the, it sounded like the transmission was just a big piece of chicken, and then this really strong butcher lady just came in and just shredded the chicken super fast. That's what my transmission sounded like. And so it just broke down. I was laughing. It was funny. And um, got a tow truck, ended up going. We went to Chick-fil-A because you guys towed it <laughs> We're to like, my house. Let's just still have a good night. It was like 1.30 in the morning at this point in time. And I was just like, I guess we're going to have a fun day tomorrow, be delusional. And I don't know how Zach's going to get home. Yep. And then we, uh, we realize uh, Zach needs a ride to good old Nashville. Yep. Which I is four hours away. And I couldn't take him all the way to Nashville. So I took him to Chattanooga. Yep. And, and my I, sister picked me up, brought me back to Nashville. That was a... You saved my butt, though. I mean, that was a fun day hanging out with you. Circumstances sucked, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then the other time was <laughs> you guys were playing a show with O Sleeper, I think, at that Pit and Rift tour. Yeah. Which is, and so this was, like, I think probably the middle of the tour for you guys, so y'all were already tired. And you had planned to shoot a video of us that night. Yeah. And, like, I also wanted to just hang out beforehand. Yeah, we were like, yes, finally we can just chill. Because it, it never worked for us to chill for a good amount of time before one of our shows. Ever. Like Ever. Just, that's, that's, I feel like, how it is being a touring musician and wanting to see friends. It's We're so like, hard. This time it's going to work out because you guys are playing in Nashville the night before. It's not a long drive. We can right. make it happen. Yeah. I want to say I had a birded to the venue <laughs> to, like, meet you guys there when you said you were going to get there. Right as I got to the venue with just wonderful timing, Yep. you texted me saying, hey, our alternator died, like, <laughs> 45 minutes outside of the venue and I'm like well, okay great um yep that happened and then we me and a couple buddies were able to get you guys cost covered for the alternator yeah that and was such a blessing cause I was I was talking to Kevin Johnson yeah who we both god rest his soul friends with but <laughs> he's not dead <laughs> right but he's in a different country so he's, he's dead to us right now anyway Anson Basically, just through him and and your guys' group of, of pals, you guys raised enough money to, to buy us our parts. To It was like almost to the dollar. Yeah. I think it was even a little more than our expenses. Because we had undershot what we thought it was going to be. It was crazy, dude. And, and that was so like, such a blessing. But like that's not to like humble brag about us helping no. you guys. It was more just like series of unfortunate events. <laughs> and then like Jeremy... I was like, cool, I'll finally get to hang out with Jeremy, actually meet the old granddad and see what he's really about in real life. <laughs> yeah. And then him, and I guess it, what was the O-Sleeper's basis name? Uh, Seth. So you guys were like, Seth, have you ever changed a trans- or an alternator? And a van, he's like, actually, I've done three of those in that exact oh, same van. yeah. So Jeremy and Seth, literally until like 30 minutes before y'all played a set. Changed it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I just remember Jeremy coming into the green room just all greasy and shirtless. <laughs> right before our set. We had to like... I think he just like showered, did his vocal warm-ups, and then walked on stage. He didn't shower because I helped him finish the, the alternator. We just like washed our hands. I got my guitar. We did our quick warm-up. And then yeah, I, it was a really hard show to play because our minds were not in it. Yeah, well, I mean, and I can't even imagine that because... I can only imagine... Something like that. I don't know, like, I just... The more that I do these creative things with friends that are touring musicians, the more I realize, one, like, people think it's just, like, for the audience watching or listening to this, that it's just a giant party (laughs) 24-7. Our thing is, like, it's just chill all the time, and it's just, like... I feel like I hear way more horror stories from touring musicians about everything that's getting frustrating, like... I think I was looking at Twitter today and Garrett from Silent Planet had tweeted something like, yeah, we've already spent 6000 on this tour for vans. Like, ex- like breakdowns and yeah. stuff? Oh, and man. then it, they, he said, just got done talking to a mechanic. We have another 8000 to spend. Oh, and my so it's gosh. Just like, when you guys have to deal with <laughs> stuff like that, like no wonder you feel like it's hard for you to get fully into a show. One, if you've been on a long tour run. Then two, you're like, you want to see your friends and hang out with them and put on a good show for them. But if you've right. had something for lack of a better term, shitty to happen, Yeah. then it's really hard for you to be, like, 100% in it. Totally. And, you, yeah, like, we really want to put a great show on every single night for everybody because... But that's not fair or possible for you guys. Yeah, either. it's it's difficult. And it, a lot of times it, we'll play a show and, it, like, maybe I'll have a bad show or something and be like, man, we suck tonight. But most of the time, people in the crowd, when they talk to us afterward, they'll, they'll say it was awesome. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, I do feel like... You know, I was talking with another professional photographer in the Atlanta area named Ashton Stanislawski. Mm-hmm. Um, just butchered his last name. Whatever. Um, Stanslebury, got it. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he was a photographer for an agency for like 10 years. And he's done so many campaigns with like Coke, Delta, every big name company. He's done some campaigns with them. And right when I first met him, he gave me this piece of advice that I think still to this day kind of disrupts my need for perfectionism and creativity. Um, and it's and it's not an excuse to be lazy, but it's a it's a really like in a good way a freeing and sobering reality of you're good enough or most people is wow out of this world because mm-hmm. you got to think about it. People that are coming to your show, they probably can barely play music. That's, I mean, some people are like musicians. Yeah, I understand. What you're but saying. like. A lot of people aren't going to know when you've like flubbed this part or like, yeah. you know, when the timing on one of your songs felt choppy. Um, Which it never does. Right. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys we definitely make mistakes. Yeah. You guys have never missed a note. You guys just are <laughs> perfection incarnate. We like on that O Sleeper tour, there was one show where we ended our set an, a note early, but somehow all three of us musicians played the same thing but we all messed up so you could not tell at all it It was really weird it was like almost crazier than playing it right oh and it's crazy like to think about like on the like the brain side of things like i think this isn't his exact science so if anyone's watching who's actually like (laughs) studying neurology or is in medical school or anything like that, close your ears yeah, close your ears or like <laughs> lovingly rebuke and correct. Don't standard YouTube. You're an idiot. This is the truth. You suck. But um, from what I remember seeing in like some articles, whenever musicians play, their brains are synchronizing to each other. And so it's just crazy how like you guys can like in those situations like be a note early, but it just land the plane. Right. And it feels seamless. Huh? Yeah. Maybe every- that's what it was. But I mean, going back to the, like that whole advice, it's like 
Oh yeah. Like I think a lot of times musicians, photographers, videographers, design, like creative people in general, like are never going to be fully satisfied with the things they put out, which is weird when you think about it. It's super weird. But, but if you true. talk to any person who's going to shoot straight with you, they'll be like, I could have done this thing differently. Or I wish I could have done this. You know, we were talking, there was a music video that you and Kevin did and there was something he really wanted to have happen that just didn't pan out perfectly. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's this weird thing of like, <clears throat> you know, I don't think perfection is f- fully achievable in the creative world. It's always still keeping the desire for it, but it's almost impossible to actually like be perfect. Like, and it's just not fair to yourself to really expect that um, either. Because at yeah. the end of the day, like if you're worried about being perfect, you're never going to take risks. You're never going to do maybe something that you're like not knowing if this is going to work out. And I mean, I feel like the more I try to start applying that advice to my life creatively, the more risks I have taken are right. like, and that's how you grow. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, people, I mean like my journey is like a photographer and a young videographer. Like, you know, I've had people talk with me and just be like, man, I want to do this, this and this. And it's like, we'll do it. And that's not like me trying to be arrogant. It's more just like, if you got a desire to do something, you got to go after it. Yeah. You don't like. That's so key, man. Like going after it. (laughs) And it sounds like so simple in a concept. Oh yeah. You just got to go after it. But for, I mean, myself included and for a lot of people, that first step of going after something you, you want to try is so hard. Oh, for sure. And like, I think what maybe you don't realize if you're not honest with yourself is that how little most people have it figured out. Mm -hmm. You talk to people years ahead of you in your career. They don't have things figured out. You know, my, to get to the story we were thinking about talking about in the podcast, you know, I started off photography kind of just roaming the streets of Atlanta as a college student Mm -hmm. after trying to make a career in music, just looking for food in the trash cans, found a camera, found a camera (laughs) instead of food. Um, and then I made food out of my camera. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Um, But it was more one of those things where like, I just like between classes or if I was done with classes, because for the first two years of college, I commuted from my hometown to downtown Atlanta. How far was that? About without traffic, 30 minutes. Okay. So that's not terrible. Like with traffic, it was like an hour, hour and a half. Oh, wow. Um, Oh yeah. Atlanta traffic is poo poo. Booty cheeks. Booty cheeks, as I like to say. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, like if I was done with classes or between classes, or maybe like I only had one class that day, you know, I basically did the, I really believe like outside of the 10,000 hour concept, just immersion. Like if you're doing things consistently every day or every couple days, but like just doing it consistently, you wind up like developing a style and a stride. And then, so like, that's how I started out. And then, you know, for a couple years I was doing that. Just doing street photography. Yeah. Like cityscape street stuff. Yeah. I love your your street stuff. It's so cool. Thanks, I, man. I like the way you edit. It's, it's moody. Been, it's very moody. I uh, really, it took a while to find my own style, but like I feel like I've found, at least in the photo world, my photo style. That's good. Figuring it out in video, but that's same. I, dude, I've been doing video my whole life. But this the same uh, concept for me, like how I got decent at video is I immersed myself in YouTube tutorials for a good six months to a year. I just watched every single tutorial I could find. And then when I got a camera, I started applying all that. And just since I got a camera, I have not stopped making things. Like there hasn't been a week since I got a camera that I haven't made a video. 
And that's the thing is like when I see folks that are talking about their career aspirations, but they're not doing the things. It's like, how do you remind your friends? You got to do it or you're never going to get there. You can't wish yourself into a career and mm-hmm. you can't really dream yourself in a career. Yeah. Dreaming and wishing are important and you need to keep like your sense of wonder in those things alive. Otherwise you become a cynical, tired, fussy creative. Fussy um, boys and girls. We yeah. can all be fussy. Everyone is fussy. <laughs> we all get fussy some days. Everyone fussies. <laughs> yeah, it's hard like because I have a very extreme mindset about creativity and content. I'm like, okay, if I want to do something, I have to just do it until it works. Like yeah. unending, like do not stop until it works. And I feel like I'm still in that phase where it hasn't I feel like I haven't quote unquote made it or whatever. Yeah. So I'm still just But I realize not everybody thinks the same as me. Yeah, but I mean, I will say like amidst that advice that that photographer gave me, you know, he said as long as you have the desire to strive for perfection, you're going to go far in whatever you do. Cuz the minute you become complacent, the minute you're settling and you don't go further. And I'm not saying this as like some enlightened person that's made it. I just love when it's really sound advice, you know, reminding myself and reminding my friends that. Cause like fast forward to a couple years into doing street photography, another photographer in Atlanta area had hit me up and said, Hey, do you want to assist for my old boss? And this guy was doing a lot of stuff with Delta and Coke and like all these corporate brands. And so as a college kid close to the end of their days in college, I was like, yeah, oh, I need, heck yeah. Like I need to work so with stoked. big brands. Um, and work for someone who's doing that. And I'll never forget the times I had with him. Some of the toughest times. And, like, at the end of the day, I muffed, like, being his assistant. Because there were certain times where, like, I was dealing with my own personal demons. Mm-hmm. And it manifested in my work. And it made it hard for him to keep me around. Yeah. And I don't, I don't blame him. But I remember one thing he told me when, like, there was one day we were, like, doing something. And I was getting visibly frustrated. And he reminded me. He's like, Chris, if you think you've hit your stride or you haven't yet you're kidding yourself. He told me, he's like, I'm 40 something and I just feel like I hit my stride, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's the thing is like, I feel like in today's social media age, we have so many people our age (coughs) that it's this weird thing where like, yeah, you don't need to wait till you're 40 to do something. But the people that last forever are playing it smart and taking their time getting to the, where they want to be. Yeah. Now, especially in the backside of creativity. So if you're like on the, if you're facing the camera and you're talent most of the times, yeah, like you need to try and be always. Jeez. Oh, we got some cicadas singing to us. Welcome to cicadas. You guys are welcome for that little. Whoa, they just stopped completely. Welcome Thank to Thank you guys for singing to our, our guests. That was so sweet of them. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. actually, that's actually my cousin, Terry. <laughs> he lives in your oak tree. Thank you, Terry. Have a good one. He doesn't pay rent, but he's, he's a like nice dude. Trying to steal our drinks. He's like leaning down on a branch. <laughs> just like reaching with his little cicada arm <laughs> so creepy anyway <laughs> I was so I was thinking in my brain I know I'm just staring at that tree but I'm just thinking right helicopter. now <laughs> helicopter I was thinking <laughs> what was I thinking <laughs> dude I suck um oh man I was thinking something about creativity I was it was something I feel like I've already mentioned on the podcast before oh I Sometimes I feel like the way our culture is, um, especially with social media, it kind of feels as if we're, ex- like, as young creative people, it kind of feels like we're supposed to have it figured out early. Yeah. I feel that pressure. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I'm almost 26. I got to, like, I got to, like, have a YouTube career now. Yeah. Or an Instagram career. Whatever. It's, like, 
No. You don't have to. You can just take you your time with it. Yeah, it's possible, but a lot of people get quick success or well, they've been already doing it for a long time. I mean, that's the thing is if, like, on the music side of things, you look at some of these bands that, like, in the genre you're in a metal or just other genres in general, like, people have been doing this for, like, five to ten years before they ever taste success. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you look at someone that a lot of people on YouTube are buzzing about right now, Cody Ko. The dude has been on the back end outside of, like, things like Vine, but, like, working back-end tech jobs and things like that for years. Yeah. And, like, it's just been to where he's in his late 20s, and he's been at the social media world for a long time. Yeah. To where he's... That's true. <coughs> you know, tasting success. And it's just, like, I think it's, like, I'm losing my voice. Dude, you got a beautiful um, voice. Just let the cicadas carry you. <laughs> so, actually, I, it'd be kind of cool to talk about Cody Co. really quick because yeah. you showed me Cody and Noel. If you don't know who Cody Co. and Noel Miller are, you probably already do. Yeah. <laughs> they were really good on Vine and they have like really successful YouTube channels. And I think Noel does Twitch as well. Yeah. But you showed me them the last time I was here. Yeah, this was like spring of this year, like probably like March. Yeah, I think it actually might have. It was when my car died. It was before you took me back to Chattanooga. Oh yeah, it, it was, was that day actually. But I don't know why, but that day something like I think subconsciously clicked in my brain because I've watched a lot of commentary and comedy style YouTube channels for like the past few years, like H three H three and channels like that. Um, but after that, I started to feel like, dang, am I like? really not wanting to have a filmmaking YouTube channel. There's so many cop sounds right now. We are close to one of the most <laughs> used uh, hospitals I doubt the, in the city of Atlanta. The mics aren't probably even picking that up. but I mean, I can make them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I so I started to like question everything I was doing on YouTube because I was really pushing to do all the filmmaking stuff because I was like, oh, it gets views. Cameras are cool. I like cameras. Maybe I'll do my channel about that. But then I totally have, like, switched over to, like, comedy sketches and commentary stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is I feel like in the YouTube world, it's still, even though it's one of the oldest social media content creation sharing platforms, it's still very much as the wild, wild west. Yeah. You can make a career out of anything on YouTube. Yeah. Which is crazy. And, like, if you it's look so at, like, popular. stats, like, reaction videos and comedy videos are still king 10 years later. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not going anywhere because, like, there's this inherent voyeuristic nature in all humans. And, like, this is one thing I learned in film school that maybe never, like... <clears throat> never Keep that really mic nice and close, sorry. Yeah. Just, like, around your... your yeah. Your, the hole in your face. Like this? Yeah, super close. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, that voyeuristic... Like, we like people doing in other things in front of us. Like... Mm -hmm. Like, when you think about it, there's, like... That's interesting. YouTube shows where people are literally just eating, and people are watching yeah, them eat. What the heck? Mukbangs? Yeah, or, like... It's so crazy. Or, like, gaming. Like, literally, like, people are watching someone else play a video game when yeah. they could play it themselves. Yeah. And, like, I mean, you know, baby boomers don't get it. Yeah. Like, our generation, I think, was one of the first generations to, like, actually accept, like, voyeuristic watching somebody else do something in the social media age as a legitimate form of entertainment. So this word voyeuristic, I, need, I need some dictionary help on yeah, this. Yeah, let me uh, not just Because it sounds up. like a voyager in the future to me. It sounds like somebody's traveling out to a new world, seeing a new thing and saying, wow, you know, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm seeing this. And it's funny to me that you've used it about three or four times now, but somehow you're still looking it up. Because I do know the definition, but <laughs> hey, I want to get... Hey, what's the definition of voyeuristic? 
Hey Siri. Freaking turd. What's the definition of voyeurism? Mic her up. Ism. My phone's breaking. <laughs> okay, cool. It means ism. And that that's exactly what I thought it was. So anyway, yeah, it's it's interesting Twitch careers and stuff. But I actually there's some Twitch streamers that I watch that I really like. Because I think a lot of people watch okay, Twitch weird, streamers to so get, the hold on. To have the definition, the weird thing is inherently the f- <laughs> the word does mean watching someone for sexual pleasure. <laughs> but Maybe I'll blame my film school for this for putting it in a vocabulary. Yeah, dude. They use the term, and maybe that's the <laughs> that's the, so funny. the like distinction between like scholastic use of the word voyeurism. Yeah, there's and probably the, different ways to use it. But and you're um, definitely correct because you're on this podcast, and we're always correct on this podcast. Wow, it's like I mean, the Google searches seem to be hinting towards <laughs> some very not family friendly. Put the adult filter on that one. Yeah, you're gonna get demonetized for this. That's uh, fine, clip. dude. I don't need money. Um. So, let me say just then people watching. Yes. We'll make it a little internet more PG. people watching. People love that internet people watching. cute anyway. That's really cute. People love the phrase, God, this chair just... Yeah, that chair's squeaking a lot. Um, do you watch Twitch streamers at all? Um, I've only ever watched a Twitch stream once. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. I feel like for someone who's literally involved in media 24-6, sometimes 24-7. Yeah. I don't really pay attention to Twitch because in terms of how I consume things, I don't really love tuning in on a live setting like that. Yeah. Like, I barely even watch TV. Yeah. Like, I'll watch YouTube stuff, comedy stuff, tutorial videos, or a movie. Yep. I really, like, have never gotten away from loving movies. Like, ever since I was a kid. If That's good. I, I don't think watch- movies are going anywhere. Well, no. Um, But on Twitch, so there's, like, there's a few Twitch streamers that I Hold follow. That that- I need to get a cough drop. Go get a cough drop, brother. I'm just going to talk about Twitch by myself. While my friend Chris goes and gets a cough drop, I'm going to say there's a few Twitch streamers that I follow, and they're smaller Twitch streamers, but I really like it because if I shoot them a comment, like I'll just have it in the background while I'm editing or something, and it's cool because they'll actually like respond to me, and I'll have a quick conversation with them. So it's like this really, this weird actual interaction that you're having with somebody you don't know, and that's a shout of Chris's beautiful little little booty cheeks. Actually, you got a nice thick booty on you. Two Qs. Two Qs? That's huge. Yeah, That's I can incredible. thank my uh, Scottish heritage hey, for that. Hey, tell, tell the people, like, what are you doing? What's your, what's your creativity life <laughs> all about? Yeah, so I am a full-time photographer and filmmaker. Um, mostly focusing in the corporate commercial world, and that's a pretty blanket umbrella term, but that's helping brands create content for social media, marketing, yeah. um, I mean, that's in a basic reductionistic, <laughs> just reducing all the complexities of that career down to a little elevator pitch. That's what it is. Right. Yeah. Um, the occasional music video, obviously, I mean, that's how we met. Yeah. Was a Fit for a King music video in a very hot and sweaty boxing gym. Yeah. So Kevin hired me. That was the first time Kevin ever hired me. And originally he hired me to just pull focus for his camera. And then I got there and he's like, no, you're going to film. I was like, well, I was so nervous. Really? I, yeah, I wanted to do such a good job. I thought he hired you for operating camera. No, he hired me to pull focus originally. Um, and then I, we had a second red because one was Aaron's. Yeah. So I just shoulder rigged yeah, that bad boy. Yeah, about Aaron Marsh in terms of just they. Aaron, I, I actually, we've talked. I want to really have him on the podcast at some point. But Dude is a creative powerhouse. Dude, he's. When he puts his mind to something, he can make, like, ridiculous art. Well, and the crazy art. thing was, like, I think 
I remember like I went to his website one time and didn't realize like in the metal world how like much of a legend he's been. Yeah. Like, he's designed album covers. He's for been us. doing album artwork since he was in high school. He had a career leaving high school, freelancing yeah. album artwork. Like there's a in the Bring Me the Horizon industry. album cover that everyone's seen, <laughs> I think is on his portfolio site. And I was just like, oh my, I like yes. the first time I saw this album cover, I was like, oh my God, this is brutal, but cool. Yeah. Anyways, if you're interested in having Aaron on the podcast, drop a little comment, baby. You're stupid if you don't want him on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, he's he's sweet. He can talk forever too. He's a good dude. I'll just sit here and, gl- and glean and on his knowledge. But um, yeah. Yeah, so we both got hired for that shoot. You were doing BTS, yeah. and you killed it. And it was, um, it was fun. That such was... a good shoot. We had the dream team together. Dude, I, I miss those days. But that's when I met so many people in Atlanta that I talk to a lot now, and yeah. I have this like little core family of, of creative people here. So I'm here now because you're doing a music video tomorrow, and I'm assisting. And Yeah, you're just I'm like a sh- second cam slash gaffer helping me. Yep. Because you have more experience running the Kevin's Astera Pixel Tubes, which you've done a YouTube review on the past. Right, those crazy tube lights. Um, but yeah, it'll be so fun because we're doing like a quick and dirty shoot tomorrow. Oh, it's Love like those. pure performance, like show up light, get takes, Head go home. home. And then the yep. next day I had to Oregon for fun little That's going to be so awesome. So yeah, I mean like, so we met, man, and I'll never forget like that set was so fun but so miserable. <laughs> Because it was like around this time, so like July, June, July. Isn't it? It was June. Are you talking about the boxing ring? Yes. Yeah, we we shot some scenes in an upstairs boxing ring, and that it had was zero so air conditioning, hot. like hundred degrees. We had two cinema cameras that are pouring heat out, some giant lights that are pouring heat out. It well, was just. And then Kevin told me, "Hey, by the way, you're going to be an extra." And I <laughs> tell you remember the, this? Tell the yes, tell the so, story. <laughs> he told me bring like a sweatsuit, and I was like. I don't want to, but you <laughs> hired me, so I can't say no. <laughs> so I did. I brought sweatpants and a hoodie. Um, and I literally came to the shoot right after being done shooting a wedding. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about my that. My previous career in photography, not career. I tried to make it a career. I hate it. Would never do it. Weddings? Yeah. But, yeah. So he's like, all right, well, go ahead and uh, change into your clothes. We'll need you for this scene. In this scene, so if you guys... Maybe we'll link it in the description just to say, hey, if you want to see Chris. Yeah. And anyways, so I think you were still operating camera on this. <laughs> and so me, a guy named Braden Buckner, and then one other guy were these fill-in. I think Aaron was. You had to it. tackle one of the actors. Yeah. And I missed my mark on the second take that wound up being the take that <laughs> made it in the music video. And I didn't feel it because I was in the adrenaline of the moment. I got kicked in the face <laughs> by talent. <laughs> And we didn't find out till the next day when Kevin <laughs> when sent he was reviewing text. it, he like sent it the whole the clip to he was all like, of Chris, us guys. Is your face okay? Yeah, you got pummeled. I was like, oh, that's why my face hurts. <laughs> yeah, in the moment you didn't know. Yeah, but yeah, overall that was that was so fun. And then the next day came back and shot some stuff out in Aaron's house, mm-hmm. out Monroe, Georgia. Monroe, Georgia. I gotta make sure this is bright enough because I think the lighting's changing. I'm just. Just do a little actually that's fine that's cool yeah but uh yeah that's how we met it was uh i would not trade the friendship definitely trade the circumstances i would trade both the friendship and the circumstances well i'll leave this podcast and when we're done i'm probably gonna <laughs> hop off this porch <laughs> it's oh, okay uh, i'll land on the tree cicadas will catch me you mean kenny my yeah. cousin kenny terry oh and your other cousin kenny yeah a couple I mean, cicadies yeah oh that's their sister cicadie Good gal. 
No. She's, she's kind of loud. She's kind of annoying. Like, <laughs> all the time. Yeah, imagine uh, <laughs> sometimes your morning alarm being those things. <laughs> Dude, okay, this is so random, but uh, Jesse from Era, he was on the podcast a few episodes ago, but yeah. he said that the cicadas in Thailand are the loudest creatures. Like, he showed me a video, and it sounds like a power saw. Like, it sounds like it's right next to his phone, but it's, like, way out in the trees. They're, they're so... They're, like, Is little jumbo... Is he sure those are cicadas? Yeah, they're, like, little jumbo jet cicadas. They're so loud, dude. Jeez. You have to look it up. It'll blow your little mind. I mean, my mind's pretty little. And it Years is blown. The- I got a little baby brain, too, and it's... It's shot... Guys, Gone. your mom said video games melt your brain. They definitely do. They do, brother. No Twitch streaming for me. I mean, but uh, yeah, so the whole like creative thing, like that's what I've been doing for the past couple of years. I graduated from Georgia State University Yeah. Um, in 2016 with a degree in film. And it's funny, like filmmaking has been kind of a newer endeavor for me. For like the first year, I was like full-time photography. I don't want to mess with filmmaking, but I realized looking back, that was me denying and being in fear of making bad video. Because yeah. I've been doing photography for a couple years before so that. So you're confident. So I was confident in that. Obviously, yeah. I'm still like growing in confidence with everything I do because it's life. Um, but it was like 2017. I got fired from that assistant job that I basically got screwed up. I mean, I kind of got thrown to the wolves, but I kind of screwed myself out of a job. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Good I, learning experience, though. Oh, for sure. Like, it's really important to my journey as a creative that I went through those things. Um, and then, you know, from there, I then went full-time freelance and I was starting to have an itch for doing video again. Yeah. Cause like that's, I got to Georgia state trying to make a career in music production happen. Cause like, that's my background. Like I've been playing guitar since I was 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. So that's like 12 or 13 years yeah. of doing that and then producing and having fun with those things like mixing and mastering. And, um, I just didn't make connections at Georgia state and all my friends that were counterparts were starting to progress onto bigger and better things pretty quickly. And I got left behind. Um, and, you know, I just couldn't get past that. And so I just decided to hang it up and was like, well, I don't want to just be a business student. I'll lose my mind if I do. Yeah. And like, I'd always played with my dad's cameras when I was a kid. Um, I was like, let me give this a shot. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember as a kid, like my mom would remind me of all the things maybe I said I wanted to do as a career. And she'd be like, oh, that's cute. And like, <laughs> I remember for years I said I wanted to be a marine biologist because I watched like a planet Earth or something like that, the, a blue yeah. planet, and like the that Discovery so fun. Channel or something. And then I remember one time I said I wanted to be a director, and then I look back now I'm like, maybe I did want to be a filmmaker all along. I just denied myself really pursuing those things for a long time. Yeah, dude, that's because, very similar to what because I because I was afraid of failure, and like I think that's been like one of the central things that I've had to learn how to shake off in my career is fear of failure. Like so many times, I think people don't do things or like go after their dreams. Um, bug on my shoe. That's a that's a cousin Larry. <laughs> Larry, you get out of here, boy. He just wants to say hi. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, I think for a long time I was afraid of failing because I think as humans we're one we're some of all our experiences, and failure is not something we r- technically run towards. You know, I think it lights up that fight or flight instinct in us, and if we think we're going to fail in this fight. We're gonna we're gonna flight yeah. if you will to sound youth pastory about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like one of those things where I uh, I realized in wanting to also do filmmaking amidst photography, it's really stupid that I don't let myself at least try. What's the worst that could happen? Exactly. I could offer video to clients and they don't do it. What do they do? Say no. And then through a series of fortunate events, 
I've had all these things fall into my lap that I should have, by all on paper means, never have gotten. And things have started to work out. And, like, I'm obviously I haven't made it, and I'm not saying that. And, like, I don't think I have. And I have a long way to go to where I want to be. But just all these, like, I said yes to one thing, and it led to a lot of things happening. Yeah. That's so cool. And... That, I feel like that is important is in the very beginning saying yes to every opportunity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like taking every chance. At some point you got to learn to say no and balance yourself. Yeah, but in the very beginning when you're trying to learn a creative skill, you have to yeah. just absorb it. In the past couple of years as when I was full-time freelance, do you want to know the first video gig I ever did for yes, money? Yes, please. So maybe I'll send you the video so people can roast it to a nice fiery <laughs> crisp. You're a terrible person if you do, though, because I'll tell you the context of the story. <laughs> okay. Um, so, I'm still there's this incredible it. charity called Walking with Kyle PC Foundation that basically handles wheelchair athletes, so paraplegics, quadriplegics, folks in general, someone with palsy, like limitations with physical handicaps, competing in competitive sporting events. So I was helping a guy that was working for one of my clients. Um, to this day, I think he was the first to ever do it. There was a really awesome guy named Charlie Miller who's Georgia based and his dad's I think a state senator um, that was the first person that's a wheelchair athlete to compete a Spartan race oh cool and so he was like hey can you document our journey through the Spartan race that's so awesome and I didn't know what that entailed he asked me three days (laughs) you have to run the whole thing with a camera no I did (laughs) really and I didn't expect that Like yeah, the so dude, you did the Spartan race. I I literally have a medal in my closet because they gave <laughs> one to me, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm taking this because I feel like I've earned this." You're just dying afterwards, dude. That's well, so funny. I had three days notice, so I hadn't had any sort of physical conditioning for a Spartan race. So can you imagine just sucking wind trying I can. to film that someone? Terrible. Like, and I thought maybe I'd be able to get somewhat shuttled around from different obstacles and plan it out accordingly. Mm-hmm. There was no uh-uh. accommodations. <laughs> it was like, get to the starting line, start running with them. I was like, oh, no, I'm in That's hot water. such a high expectation. Can you run this race and film all of it? And um, <laughs> that dude, like, so he's working with a billboard company and, like, a out-of-home advertising company called Outfront Media. And that was our work relationship was, like, do projects in over our head that just somehow worked out. That's so funny. Um, that now he's stressful. Now I think he's, like, VP of marketing at Moe's. Because he's awesome. He's an incredible marketing brain. Yeah. Anyways, That's that was like crazy. the first gig I ever did for money since I went full-time freelance. I'm trying to remember my first gig. I can't remember. Oh, I think my buddies in Kansas hired me to to shoot their music video, and they gave me like 100 bucks or something. And I just gave them the footage, and they edited it. Nice. I think that was like the first time I little, ever... A little less Spartan Race, a little more music video. A little less Spartan Race. I got lucky. It was in a really hot attic that... I think had dead animals in it. Like as hot as that boxing gym we were in or it, hotter? Hotter for sure. Oh, it was dude. so hot. Recently I was ACing assistant camera operating on a commercial with um, some buddies at a creative studio in Atlanta called House. They do incredible work like Facebook, Cricket Wireless. Um, and we were doing the spot for Cricket. And I was second AC to the DP. And we were shooting in a warehouse with no air conditioning. Oh, God. Their gaffer used 2K Fresnel lights, which are lights that are so hot you can fry eggs on. Had a ton of them. And I was having to run a camera cart between two sets <laughs> the entire day. Nice. So I was, like, drenching sweat. Yeah. Like, that was the hottest I've ever... Like, hotter than the boxing gym. Do you like doing that kind of work? Um, I love commercial work. I definitely, like... I feel like... I think we had talked about this recently. Like, I think 
with photography, it's so lone wolf. You can do everything yourself for the most part. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need an assistant to hire out your lights. I don't function creatively best when I do that. Yeah. You I like to like have a team teams. with you. Um, I'm learning that as well. I, I like some lone wolf stuff, mostly just YouTube though. Yeah. But like with music videos, having other creative minds, it's going to make yeah. the project so much better. Well, and you get to hang out with your friends and make something you're proud of together. Yeah. Um, and totally. so like, I think for me, I've just been like, man, what is my team? What are the people in front of me that I can work alongside to do things? And I think for so long, um, because there's this innate desire in me to be successful, um, that intersects my Enneagram number, my personality type, the things I've experienced in life. I want to be successful. And so I want to align myself with people way ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And I think for a long time I tried making that work and almost like squeezing a rock or squeezing water out of a rock and that just didn't work. Yeah. And so I have to take a step back, occasionally do those like bigger assistant camera gigs for people ahead of me, mm-hmm. but also say who's to my left and my right of me that I can work alongside and yeah, create work things. together. Um, and I think I've been fortunate as I've started to notice those people because I think for so long and for me, like the desire f- for success, I think, um, because for me, mental health has been a big journey to walk alongside my career. Like to any creative that's trying to get their mental health right, sometimes the best thing you can do is exit freelance and go take a nine to five. <laughs> and then sometimes it's battle on amidst the things you're struggling with. Yeah, all the trials freelance. that come along with freelance. So I think for me, it was <clears throat> just realizing, okay, what does success look like for me? Maybe reframing that. Um, Am I doing the best that I have with what's in front of me? And then who are the people to my left and my right that I can create things I'm proud of? And, you know, as I've started to embrace that side of my journey, I've been able to work with friends more and travel and see the world and have fun with it. Yeah. Not just trying. It should be fun. Yeah. And that's making art, you know, should be, should be a good time. Oh yeah. Like I, uh, all of my best friends from college, every single one of them, save one dude works nine to fives. And don't and hear me out, people listening, internet world. I have no problem working a nine to five, and I have no problem with people that work nine to fives. Yeah, it's um, that's the dream for a lot of people. Yeah, and I'm not going to say, who am I to critique someone else's dream? But that was never for me, and I think I realized that early on. And even my family, like I forgot if it was my mom or my dad, I was having a conversation with the other day, and they even knew from early on I was not going to be a nine to five employee. Yeah, you know, it's just like okay and like sometimes i wake up to this day and i'm like this is this is my job yeah like because sometimes it doesn't feel like a job but in a scary way yeah it's like where's my money coming from again yeah because like <laughs> do i have money most of my friends are like buying houses are we bright enough that's the question boop, 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 boop. brightened yeah. like yeah. most of my friends are like buying houses getting ready to settle down and probably try for kids yeah Oof. all these things and i'm just like scary I mean, I can afford rent. <laughs> yeah. I can't afford a mortgage. Dude, like, it's crazy. So, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think it's been it's been interesting as I've gone a couple years into my creative career. You know, last week made two years as a freelancer full-time. Before that, I was freelancing, but I was also assisting and then also working at a pizza restaurant, mm-hmm. making pizzas to make ends meet. That's and, so um, awesome. You got to do what you got to do, man. That's the thing. So for anyone who's listening or watching, if you're maybe mad at yourself or ashamed that you're having to work a side hustle to make your passion or your career work, um, don't think like that it's because gonna, that's, gonna how take it, time. that's how it works. 
Yeah. It's called paying your dues, and you're never done paying your dues. <laughs> Day in your poos, as I always say. Amen. Cheers to that. <laughs> I'm sorry forever has to hear that, Mike Clink. <laughs> I actually, so I actually always cheers my guests at the end of the podcast. Whoops. Does that mean this is ending? Yeah, this isn't even playing. Just kidding. One thing I wanted to mention is that you are also a patron, and I appreciate you very much for that. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's always good to support friends however and whenever I can. Yeah. And you need to support uh, Zachariah, insert middle name, because I don't know if it's Kenneth. public. You need okay, to support me because my I have tendonitis in my knee. I got this cool strap on, and I got to pay to get my knee fixed. So. I, I thought that was a fashion accessory when I saw him <laughs> today. That'd be. What if it was like an iPhone holder, like it had a magnet on it, just like a mag mod for your <laughs> mag mod for my kneecap. Do you put uh, your GH5 right there and do a kneecap point of view for dude. your vlog? <laughs> dude, forget POV. It's kneecap view. Also, I got these shoes out of Plato's Closet for fifteen bucks. You know, it's Pretty funny, sweet, huh? So, Fila's that shoe brand in particular was a standard shoe brand in the place I grew up, but I've never seen a pair of shoes that look like that. Really. Yeah, I don't know anything about the brand. I was like, whoa, these look cool, and they're very cheap. They used to be, uh, I mean, they're still very cheap. They always were cheap. God bless you. God bless you, Fila. Sponsor me. Uh, it goes back to there was a rap song called Forever I Love Atlanta. That's not what the shoes mean. <laughs> it works, though. Yeah, you know. Is there anything else we need to go over? I'm trying to remember. Um, I'm trying to remember How are we? Anything. We're 44 minutes. Um, I think that's a good place to end. It's getting darker, too. Yeah. And I have a lens to sell yep, to a stranger. Gotta, we got to go do a little lens deal on the streets. That's not code names for drugs. So no, it's just um, lens. It's an actual camera lens. My There's FBI no agent, here. I'll show it to you on my phone if you need to watch right. me do it. Um, thank you guys for watching. Thank you, Chris, for being here. And also, thank you, me, for being at your house. So thanks to me, honestly. You know, cheers to that. <laughs> cheers to that. Thank you so much for watching this video. If you like my stuff, consider subscribing to my channel. It would mean a whole lot to me. If you'd like your name on all of my work, access to episodes of my podcast early, or bonus episodes of my vlog, head over to patreon.com slash Zachariah Mayfield. You can support me for as little as $3 a month. That's a pretty freaking good deal.